Hi, I'm Adam McKay, and welcome to Bedtime Stories with Adam McKay, the show where we improvise a bedtime story to hopefully help you ease into a wonderful night of sleep during these crazy, bonkers times that we're living through. Hello and welcome. I am Adam McKay. And I'm Harry Nelson. Should I have talked there? Uh, yeah. We're still working out our dynamic a little bit. We are. We are. I had a weird dream the other night. I had a dream where I was like in this motel room. And you know how with hotels, even in their shitty, it's still kind of awesome to be in a hotel or a motel. Yeah. Unless like there's rats or it's openly like bed bugs or something, but anything short of that, even a crappy motel room is kind of fun. But I was in this motel room. It was really crappy. And for some reason, people had access to it. So there's all these kind of somewhat friends of mine in and out, empty like beer bottles. So the whole dream was like me trying to have that feeling of enjoying a motel room, but like things just fucked up enough that I couldn't enjoy it. And I woke up and I was like, you know what? The motel room's America. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask what you thought it meant, but it was becoming more and more clear as it went through. I am a believer, though, that dreams, that your internal emotional life isn't always just you. I do think there's a micro, macro, there's kind of a gestalt interpretation, and then there's the personal interpretation, and that larger forces do go through your subconscious life. Yeah, I mean, you hear about people who have the same, these same dreams that like come through, like your teeth falling out or something or falling from a, like a, a big thing. Like they're so universal, they have to be coming from somewhere unless it was just like in Beetlejuice or something. I'm no, no, you're absolutely right. The teeth falling out one is a really common one. And uh, no, I definitely think there are larger forces at play. Um, all right, so if you haven't listened to the show, Harry's going to give me a word, an image, a thought. And I'm going to tell a story. You could call it a bedtime story, but I'll, I'll be improvising it. So it might be a little meandering, a little bit zigzaggy, which I think is actually good for the purposes of a story to relax to. Although I think we've learned in the past, Harry, the stories aren't always relaxing. I had one where I yelled a couple times. Yeah, there's a few screams, some of passion and some of, of violence. Yeah, one. some of the screams were sexual passion, which I think is okay. Sure. But there was one yell that related to uh, an accident. So, Have uh, you ever had it happen where you're falling asleep and then like the TV's on and then what's on the TV starts to bleed into your dreams? It's the coolest thing ever. It's nice, right? Or how about where your alarm bleeds into your dream and like so you're dealing with some dream character and all of a sudden the character you know just starts repeating something or there's an engine that gets louder and then it's your alarm yeah that's like pretty good editing for your subconscious <laughs> yeah to be able to do that like all right subconscious we got to get to the alarm oh i know what i'll do i'll crossfade <laughs> off the engine like yeah i'll make it tea a pot of tea on the stove <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right. Um, let's start taking a couple of breaths, whether you're taking a cat nap, whether you're in bed, you're not looking at your phone. Phone is the anti-sleep device. And Harry, what do you got for us? You got an image, a color, anything you want a sentence or quote? I'm going to go with the feeling of frenzy. Ooh, the feeling of frenzy. 
when's the last time you were in a frenzy? Can you remember? I mean, the first time I took a red eye, I was I I did it wrong. <laughs> like I I thought I was like, oh, I'll sleep. I, I don't know. I messed up the sleep, and I hadn't slept in like 36 hours. And I was in New York City for the first time since the pandemic, and I was truly in a frenzy, a positive and negative frenzy. Wow. You dialed it in pretty nicely with that because the feeling I have when you haven't slept in 36 hours and you arrive in a new city is like you're only having like quarter thoughts. They're constantly changing, like one thought shifting into another, yeah. shifting into another. And then sometimes the thoughts just go away and then like six of them hit at once. That's a frenzy I'm describing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. All right. Mm-mm-mm. All right, we're winding into it. Just thinking. Let's see if I can get a good opening image here. Teresa. Uh, well, I've used that name. Let's go with. Let's go with Cindy. I don't hear the name Cindy as much anymore. A hand reaches onto a windowsill and takes an ant trap off the windowsill we see that's crawling with little tiny ants and drops it into a white plastic garbage bag that the other hand is holding. We then see the person holding the bag crouched down in that same hand, which has light red nail polish on it and pretty well manicured nails, reach under the dishwasher and produce another ant trap. Uh, this one also crawling with little ants who seem oblivious to the fact that it's supposed to be an ant trap that's supposed to scare them and kill them and subdue them. Instead, they seem to be treating it like a bouncy castle, made for a good time for little lines of ants. And Cindy picks this up, and we can hear her make a little sound frustration with how ineffective these traps are. And... Then a a phone rings in the distance. One of those grindy rings. It sounds like a phone from the 70s. And uh, we pull out to meet Cindy. Cindy's got kind of a 60s like shag haircut and uh, a really cool, ironic, over-the-top Christmas sweater on and uh, some sweatpants and uh, bright orange running sneakers. We can tell by the look of her house. She's she's definitely cool. She's in her uh, mid-40s, someone you could have imagined back in the late 90s going to a uh, Matador Records band's concert, like Pavement. In fact, we look and we see in the dining room, little tiny dining nook, there's actually a uh, Wowie Zowie album cover from the band Pavement. Cindy goes over and answers the phone. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Okay. Huh. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe it either. Well, thank you so much. I was going to give you my information, but you obviously already have it. Okay. Hold on. I'm, I want to write that date in my phone. Okay. October 21st. And it's an early day. It starts, okay, be there at 7 a.m. Great. All right, I'll look for the email. Thank you so much. This is very exciting. Who is that? We hear a voice from the other room. Ben walks in. Ben's clearly boyfriend, partner, husband. We don't see any wedding rings, but they're very comfortable, and he gives her a kiss. So 
it seems like they live together. And uh, she says, you're not going to believe this, Ben, but I just got a call from uh, Shop Till You Drop. And uh, Ben's like, wait a minute, what? You mean that cheesy show where the people get 15 minutes to shop and grab as much stuff as they can? She's like, yeah, you know, uh, Anne was a, a PA on it. And she had to get a bunch of people to apply as contestants. And I was just trying to help her out and I filled it out. I, I never thought they'd call. Really? You're going to be on shop till you drop. You're the person who will not buy any new objects because you in no way want to be a consumer and don't want to participate in consumer culture. The same Cindy that when her parents gave her a new car, refused to drive it because new cars are disgusting. Yes, the person you're describing, that's me, and I will be going on the show. <laughs> All right. All right. And when? In two weeks. October 21st, 7 a.m., I got to be at the studio bright and early. Man. Now Ben is going through the refrigerator, looking through a couple glass bottles of sparkling water that someone put back in when they're half full. You know, if you put the sparkling water back in the fridge and you have it, half of it, it just goes flat. No one's going to drink it. Well, I drink it, she says, as Cindy continues to pick up ant traps. These ant traps also don't work at all. Well, maybe you can get some really good ones when you're on shop till you drop. You know what? That will be my first stop, ant traps. In fact, maybe I'll just only fill up the cart with ant traps and then at the very end, give a middle finger to the camera and say you're all living in an ant trap or some sort of freshman in college punk rock thing like that. Please do that, Ben says. Please, please do that as he sips from one of the flat sparkling waters. That night, while they're laying in bed, Cindy is looking on her phone at the Shop Till You Drop homepage and looking at videos on YouTube. People shrieking with shopping carts, running through aisles. One woman in a, in a clip that's got almost 300,000 views goes to take a hard turn as the clock is ticking down because she's got to get to the diapers and her entire cart tips over and spills out and she falls to the ground in tears. Ben is off to the side grading papers for his teacher jobs. Like, please don't do that. Don't spill your cart and become a YouTube video. That will not happen, Cindy says. My balance is impeccable, and I don't really care about the shopping that much. On the website, she's looking at all the different items they have. And looking at the site, it looks like thousands of items. I mean, there's groceries. There's things like diapers and toothpaste, and there's hairbrushes, and there's frying pans, and there's all kinds of fruit. There's lobster. There's steak, which is always a, a classic. People go right for those. But if you go down another aisle, there's microwaves, there's flat screen TVs. Harry, what if you were in a shopping situation like this, what would be the three or four things that would run out in your head? What would you go for? You know, I'm a tech guy. I'd probably go to the electronics section, you know, and maybe pick up some new cables, some wow. of those nice new cables. Would you get like a, a new cell phone? I mean, I, got, I like my cell phone, but I could use a new charger for it. So I'd probably go for those, go those, for those cables. Kind of, would you do the lobster in the steak? Uh, I don't know how I'd quickly grab a lobster, but steak sounds good. Okay. Well, that's what Harry just said is exactly the conversation that Cindy just had with Ben. She talks about the cables. 
we learned that Cindy actually works in a recording studio in uh, Nashville and sometimes writes music and sometimes performs. And um, Ben takes a look at the list and he's like, honestly, our TV sucks. Please get a nice new TV. And honestly, I love scallops. And it says on here, sometimes they have scallops. Well, I can't mess around with sometimes, Cindy says. Can you imagine I go looking for scallops? It's not there. How many seconds have I burned? Well, I'm just telling you, I'd like some scallops. And uh, they do not have clothes because I do need a new pair of shoes. Well, you think about it. They wouldn't have clothes because you'd have to have all the different sizes. And it's like, yeah, but couldn't they find out your size and your significant other size and have just those sizes there? And she's like, oh, it's a lot of work. And it would get complicated. Also, you get into like what taste the person has for the clothes. Would they really want these shoes? Well, the next day, Cindy's back from her job. They had a, a morning recording session for four hours. And uh, she gets back and she's making herself a salad. And she's talking on the phone to her mom. I know, mom. No, I know. All right, well, I'll see if they have that. I can't guarantee it. But if I see a good stainless steel colander, I'll make a reach for it. And just with quick jump cuts, we see her talking on the phone to another person. Uh, well, I mean, I can't guarantee I'll get it for you. But yes, no, no, we're best friends. All right, Ida, I'll try and get it for you. And then there's three people over at the house and they're sitting with Ben. I mean, I hate to bother you, but like... Our microwave is so bad. It, it makes this weird dingy bell. I always feel like I'm being irradiated. If you see a good one, you grab it. That's a big item, Derek. I don't know if I can get that for you. I don't even know if I can lift that. He's like, well, there's a way you do it. It's, and his wife chimes in. He watches the show all the time. It's a guilty pleasure. It's not like what I really watch. But yes, I do watch it. And then as they're going to bed, once again, Cindy's on the phone again. No, no, I hear you, Dad. I'll, I'll take a look. Stationary. And it's okay if it doesn't have your name on it. And then they're in bed. And then Ben is saying, like, I know you're getting harassed with people asking you for stuff. But, uh, God damn it. Do you think they have a weed whacker? Let me check the list. Yep, they have a weed whacker. I don't know. We pay these guys to do the yard. I feel like such a loser. Like, the least I could do is do the weeds. And a weed whacker's easy. All right, I'll see if I can get it. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, nothing. No tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Days and days go by. We see Cindy in her recording studio, setting up mics, laying down cables. She's an engineer, we find out. And um, 
this recording session is actually with Sturgill Simpson, which is kind of cool. You know Sturgill Simpson, Harry? Not personally, no. But you know his music? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's pretty good, actually. If I had to be in a recording studio, that would be like the guy. Well, it so happens. On this day, they're recording a couple songs with Sturgill Simpson. And Cindy's talking to him behind the glass. We're seeing them through the glass. It's soundproof, so we can't hear what they're saying. But now we're inside the room, so we can hear what they're saying. God damn, you got to be kidding me, Cindy. Really, you're going to be on shop till you drop. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe it. I, I just filled it out for my friend Ann. You know her. She works at the front desk of the studio sometimes. Oh, yeah, hell, I didn't know Ann worked on that show. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm just going to go on. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing. I'm going to give you one bit of advice that I find works in every single situation in life. What's that, Sturgill? If I get advice from Sturgill Simpson, well, that's going to mean something for me. Try not to lose your shit. <laughs> Cindy laughed. I, I will not lose my shit. Now we uh, we go to Cindy and Ben driving early morning down in Nashville Boulevard, past all kinds of uh, strip malls, a couple apartment buildings, and they come upon, uh, we see a TV studio, local call numbers for the news station like WKRLC, but then there's a back soundstage where clearly they shoot a lot of TV shows. We even see a sign for some sort of home shopping network, which clearly has its home base there. And we follow it. Cindy and Ben as they check in past the security guard, takes their information. They have to show the ID. There's a metal detector. You never know. It's television. People can get weird and show up or become obsessed with someone. So I guess they have metal detectors at a soundstage or TV studio. Have you noticed that area? They mostly have metal detectors there. Yeah. You know, they make you take your stuff out, put it in a little bin. You don't have to take your shoes off or anything. But that's got to be for someone who's maybe not doing so well as an obsessive fan, right? It's the only reason you would have that. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's probably just good to know that there's no one with, like, a big knife in the audience. Yeah, yeah. And then next thing we know, Cindy and Ben are in, like, a little kind of bare-bones dressing room, and there's a woman brushing Cindy's hair. And you have very pretty hair. Oh, thank you so much. And I see you wore the right shoes, sneakers. She's like, yeah, you know, I've seen the show a couple times, but uh, I assumed it would be good to wear sneakers. No, that's definitely the way to go. Be careful with the high shelves. That's where people get into trouble. If the stuff falls down on you, you lose a lot of time. And, uh, well, I really hope you get past the first round. Wait, what does that mean, Ben says? Well, you know how the show works, right? Both of them are kind of quiet. The hairdresser lady says, uh... You've never seen the show. No, I've never seen the full show. I've seen clips, but I I applied as a contestant for a favor to a friend. Yeah, well, there's like a shopping knowledge quiz at the top. I don't don't know what they call it, but it's questions about deals, coupons, different items, how much they're worth. You got to get past that. Wait a minute, Cindy says. So I may not even get to shop. You know, maybe not, but it's fun no matter what. Just have a good time. Pretty soon, we're with the stage managers doing the countdown. Five, four, three, and then he goes silent for the last couple, you know, like they do, and he gives a point. We see a red light go on on air, and our host comes out, African-American woman, really funny, dressed extremely cool. There's a little live studio audience there just making them laugh hard. Welcome to, and they do that thing where the crowd finishes her sentence. Shop till you drop. And uh, they introduce the contestants and 
They introduced Cindy. Uh, she's originally from Cleveland, Ohio, and she's been a Nashville resident for the last 11 years and is a music engineer. Cindy Reholven. Cindy comes out, everyone applauds. He's a, a member of our armed services and lives with his wife and three children in Kentucky. Uh, everyone cheers, a boo or two is in there because the Tennessee-Kentucky robbery, but it's good natured. And uh, here he is, Sergeant Brandon DeCulamu. And Sergeant Brandon comes out, he's wearing his uniform, which is always nice. Cindy immediately feels like a traitor to our country and everyone's rooting against her as a, a communist or uh, someone who wants to take down democracy. And they get into the show, a little bit of chit-chat, and sure enough, there's this silly little game where you have to guess prices of stuff, and then there's like the coupon round where the price changes. But Cindy actually hadn't thought of it before she went on the show, but she's always been pretty good at math. And because her and Ben aren't the richest of people, and when they first got together, when they were living together, when Ben was still playing in a band, where their drummer later went on to play in a pretty big band, but everyone else from the band just stayed in the band that wasn't big. They were pretty broke. So Cindy realized she'd kind of been keeping track of prices for a long time, and she actually smokes Sergeant Brandon. Sergeant Brandon has one big disadvantage. He's mostly shopping at the PX on the base, and those prices are not standardized prices. You know, they're military prices, although they're in the ballpark. So Cindy makes quick work of them, and then sure enough, on cue, this very exciting music comes on. Well, you all know what's coming up next, says our host. It's time to shop till you drop. And they go to a commercial break, and the host comes over, and yeah, let me give you a little tip. Stay away from the high items on the shelf. If they come down on you, your round's over. The clock's over there. You see that clock start, and that's the amount of time you have, 10 minutes. And you're looking to get over this level of value, and you get to keep everything. And then they see a thing come on, it's $5,000. And Cindy, like, you could just see your expression change a little bit. Like, I mean, we haven't known Cindy that long, but only for the life of the story. But I think you kind of get a sense, Harry, right, from meeting her early on. She's pretty cool. She's pretty funny. She, yeah. Yeah. She's pretty laid back. Not materialistic at all. No, no. It has a sense of humor about the whole thing. But all of a sudden, we see an expression on Cindy's face that we haven't seen to this point. She looks nervous. We even see her chest breathe in and out a little bit. And of course, no one in the audience notices, but Ben is standing off to the side, kind of like looks a little bit and kind of laughs. Like he gets a kick out of the idea that Cindy's a little bit nervous. Cindy is one of the coolest people you meet. Usually has like a wry comment, sarcastic comment for everything. And she's on this kind of cheesy show, Shop Till You Drop, that's shot out of Nashville. And suddenly she's nervous. We see the stage manager take him out of the commercial break which isn't an actual commercial break. It's not live TV, but they, you know, they do the little break to simulate it. And the host is into her business. The stage manager is stationed Cindy with the cart at the starting line. There's a big clock. There's an amount of money. And we see aisle after aisle of gleaming new items. And the host says, you all know how it works. Cindy has 10 minutes to get all the items that can total up to $5,000. If she does, she gets to keep. And the crowd finishes it. Everything. 
And just like that, there's a side kind of boat horn, but not quite as piercing as a boat horn because it's a TV show that wants to keep its viewers. This giant goes off and Cindy starts racing the cart down the aisle. And she runs her, and sure enough, there's ant traps. And she knocks some ant traps into her thing. But you see on the $5,000, only knocks off like $14. And you hear the crowd is just yelling, go to the electronics aisle, like Harry Nelson would do. Go get the lobster, the lobster. And we see Cindy, and she starting, runs to another shelf, and there's diapers. She didn't even have a kid, but she throws some diapers in, but they're big. They take up a lot of room in the cart, so she pulls them, and she gets them out, and she speeds around. And then she's on the electronics aisle. She sees the microwave. Who told me to get the microwave? I was, uh, that was our friend Derek told me. She goes to get the microwave, but it's heavy, and she teeters a little bit, puts it in, and she hears something break. That wasn't good. And then some reason she's over, and there's weed whackers, and she gets like four weed And then we see, like, <sighs> Cindy's starting to hyperventilate a little bit. And when she's running down the aisle, she's almost running too fast. She's overshooting, and it, the one thing she didn't want to happen, the cart tips over, and she's out there, and all oh, she's trying to fill the cart up and she's hyperventilating and then just she just stops and she just starts sobbing <laughs> and she's in a ball on the ground or not a ball but she's on her knees and her head's down and she's just crying and the whole audience gets really quiet even the host doesn't really know what to say and she's there and just sobbing, that kind of crying where you can't catch your breath, deep choking sobs. We hear the click of Ben's shoes on the hard studio floor and Ben walks out, just gives her a hug and says, it's okay, it's gonna be all right, sweetheart. It's gonna be all right. And we see that exact moment on Cindy's phone as she's in bed with Ben. It's gonna be all right, honey. It's gonna be all right. In the bottom left quarter, there's 1.4 million views. Cindy clicks off her phone, and her and Ben just laugh. And they kiss. He turns out the light. And they lay in bed, and they go to sleep. I like that the twist of that one was that it was a happy story. Yeah. Yeah, she found her perspective in the end. Yeah. Yeah, it was like... The show didn't go great, but she kind of remembered who she was. Mm -hmm. She's with Ben. They're clearly in love. Yeah. I don't know what's up with them being married or not. We didn't really find that out. Yeah. No, they're doing their thing. They're doing their thing. I think that's how I would describe Ben and Cindy. They're kind of they're kind of doing their thing. My favorite detail of the the game show itself was that if you accidentally grab something on the top and it crushes you, then you lose the game. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to lose a lot of time on the clock. Be careful because the items on top of the shelf look really good, but they're, they're a minefield. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this. I'm Adam McKay. And I'm Harry Nelson. And uh, we'll be back next week again with uh, a made-up bedtime story. Bye-bye. Bye. Bedtime Stories with Adam McKay is a production of Hyperobject Industries and Sony Music Entertainment. It's executive produced by Adam McKay, Claire Slaughter, and me, Harry Nelson. With production assistance by Jordan Allen and Zaley Mahone. Engineering, sound design, and original score by Isaac Lee. Thanks for listening, and if you're dreaming right now, watch out for that rascal Freddy Krueger. Hey, Bob.